This is that time of year in our nation when you hear the State of the Union address, the State of the State address, and this is that time we're between series. So we just finished Haggai. Those of you that are new to Living Hope, we preached verse by verse through the book of Haggai. And then uh, today's the State of the Church address. And then next week, we're going to do a three-week series on breaking free from addictions. Huge issue today. Then the Kilgores, Jonathan and his wife, are going to take the pulpit the last Sunday of February featuring their new book on marriage, and they're going to talk about marriage. Then the first three weeks of March, I'm going to do a series called Sex, Sanctification, and Singleness. That'll be good. I'm going to need a month to prepare for that now that I have everybody's attention. Uh, And then we're going to go through the book of 1 Peter, a series called Hope in the Midst of Suffering. Today is our State of the Church Address, and it's in the spirit of Revelation 2 and 3, and we won't read this, but these are the letters to the seven churches. And every one of them, it says, to him who has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. And these are messages to local churches just like Living Hope, Church of Ephesus, Church of Laodicea. In each of those messages, he does basically this, hey, you're doing great here, that a boy, way to go, I'm encouraged. Keep it up. Then he often gives, except for I think two churches, he says, but I have this one thing against you, like Ephesus. You're doing great here, but you've lost your first love. And then he comes back in every message by saying to him who overcomes, I will do this. And so it's kind of this encouragement, then a challenge, and then ends with that encouragement of keep on keeping on, don't let anything distract you. And so it's in that spirit today that I have spent a lot of time in prayer and thinking about and bouncing it off other leaders and staff. What do I believe the Spirit of the Lord would say to Living Hope right now? We're just almost eight years old. We were started in 2013 with some Friday night services and then Saturday night services and then every Sunday night and went to Sunday morning in 2014. So we're only a little less than eight years old as a church. What would the Spirit of God say to Living Hope? Here's where you're doing good, here's where you need to shore it up, and where do you go now? So let's begin with where would I think the Lord would say, you're doing well, be encouraged, praise God. Number one, we are word-rooted. The Bible says all Scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, reproof, correction, and training in righteousness. We as a church are absolutely 100% committed to the Word of God. We want to be word-rooted. We want to teach from the Word, preach from the Word, counsel from the Word, filter everything through the Word. We want to be that house that it talks about in Matthew that when the storms come, it doesn't fall because it's built on the Word. Are you in the Word? Are you committed to the Word? Number two, we also want to be Spirit-filled, Spirit-controlled. We believe desperately how much we need the Holy Spirit. We depend on the Spirit. We want the Spirit to be free to move. We want to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit to do anything worthwhile. Amen? You need the Holy Spirit. I need the Holy Spirit. Are you filled with the Holy Spirit? Are you asking God to fill and empower your life daily? Number three, we want to be culturally engaged. We don't want to just be a holy huddle. I mean, this is great what we have here, but there's a lost, dying world out there, and we want to go out and be salt and light. Salt was to preserve meat in the first century because they didn't have refrigerators. It kept meat from spoiling. Light penetrates the darkness and brings truth and guidance. We are called to be salt and light, to be engaged in the culture. Number four, unity amidst diversity. This is one of our strengths, praise God. Ephesians 4.3 says, Be diligent to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. 
God has done an amazing thing here at Living Hope in these eight years, bringing together such a wonderfully diverse group of people, diverse in age, background, denominational affiliations, degrees of maturity, ethnic diversity, and on and on. Yet what unites us? Jesus. This week we started a new nobleman group, 17 men meeting at 6.30 a.m. right over there. And one of the blessings of our first meeting was hearing one of the college students who's in that group say, you know, it's such a blessing. One of the first Sundays I came to Living Hope, I got to pray, or I had an 82-year-old woman pray for me. And he just rejoiced in how we have such a diversity of ages and, and wealth of maturity levels here. And then another guy said, you know, yeah, I was raised in a family. My wife, my parents never had a, had a good marriage. It's getting better, but they were always fighting. And it's so encouraging to look around and see healthy marriages at Living Hope. And so I just want to say, every one of you that are 40 and older, you guys are in a tremendous asset to the younger people here. I remember when John Deans told me that when he turned 40, he thought he would lose his effectiveness with the great exchange on the college campus. But he realizes that as he gets older, he becomes more effective because so many college students don't have a good father figure. And they're looking for mentors. They're looking for older people that they can trust who've walked with God for years. One of the ways that I believe we're able to stay united amidst this great diversity is because we keep the main thing the main thing. We don't let peripheral issues divide us. Now, for that to happen, we have to continually be committed to this little motto that we say regularly around here. Unity in the essentials, diversity in the non-essentials, love in all things. What is an essential? That which has a direct relevance on your salvation. The deity of Christ, the blood atonement, the trinity, the Bible being the word of God. But other stuff that is non-essential should never divide us. We're not going to allow the non-essentials to divide us, like style of music, what Bible translation you use, how Calvinistic or Arminian you are, your view of the end times, well, your opinion about mask or the vaccine or gifts of the Holy Spirit or your convictions about communion, is it transubstantiation, consubstantiation, or memorialistic? We can differ on those things and still be united in Jesus, church. And we need to be committed to that, not allowing the non-essentials to divide us. Number five, helping the hurting. In Luke chapter 4, Jesus said, I've come to set the captives free. Much of Jesus' ministry involved healing and deliverance and helping the hurting when they cried out to Him and wanted to be helped. We want to do the same. Ministries like Fresh Wind and Celebrate Recovery. Prayer ministry. Do you know that over 150 people received prayer ministry in 2020? That's not just people who come forward to get prayer at the end of the service. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about people who come, set up an appointment, through our prayer ministry, either Jimmy or Rachel, and they go to the house of prayer and two people pray over them for an hour or more. That's prayer ministry. And there's breakthroughs and the power of God comes and there's prophetic words. Over 150 people received prayer ministry in 2020 in the midst of the pandemic. The benevolent fund, helping people that have a financial need, counseling, and on and on. Helping the hurting with truth and grace, word and spirit. Number six, we are a tithing church. We believe very seriously in what it says in Malachi 3, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, bring return to God the first fruits. And so we practice that as a church. We not only believe this is something that we as individual believers need to practice by faith and watch God provide, and it's the only thing He says test me in and see if I'll not pour out blessings if you do it, 
So from the very beginning of this church, we were committed to being a tithing church. That means that 10% of what is given to our general fund, we give out to ministries outside this church. 50% of that tithe money goes to foreign missions. 25% goes to benevolence. If you have a need, if you are struggling paying your light bill, your car breaks down, and you're just in a period of difficulty, you let us know, and if the money is there, we help. And then 25% to local evangelism. Look what we gave just in the year 2020. Look what's been given since we started the church in 2013. Amen. The only reason benevolence and local outreach aren't the same is because initially we gave 30% to benevolence, 20% to local outreach, and now we do 25-25. That is $393,000 that we as a church have given to ministries outside of the walls of this church in our just shy of eight years' existence. Number seven, connect groups. Jesus was all about discipleship. He did, the massive, he did the ministry to the masses. But what was his primary commitment to? His 12. Pouring into those 12. And seeing multiplication happen through them. Disciples that make disciples that make disciples that make disciples. A multiplying disciple-making church is what we want to do. Connect groups isn't the only means to do this, but it's a big one where people are meeting in small groups. We have 140 people in our connect groups right now. They met in the temple and from house to house, as the book of Acts says. Number eight, children, youth, college, and young adults. So I encourage those of you over 40 how important you are to this body. Now, how many of you are 25 years of age or younger? Raise your hand. Wow. That is a healthy amount right there. Jesus said, let the little children come to me. Paul told Timothy, let no one look down on your youthfulness. Do you know that most of the disciples were probably in their teenager years? I believe the Lord smiles at the children's ministry, the youth ministry, the college ministry here, and the new young adult ministry on Sunday nights where it's averaging about 30 to 40 people. Number nine, new people. It's been amazing how many new people have been coming. We, have it, we estimate at least 100 people have started coming to Living Hope since we reopened in May. God is drawing people from all over. And I'm encouraged by how many of you have, have gone the next step. You're going through the Next Steps class. It's a three-week class. It helps you get connected, learn about the church, learn your spiritual gifts. Today's week three of the, of the current class. The next one starts first week of February. Next week... We just do it the first three Sundays, except January is an exception. The first three Sundays of every Sunday, or of every month. And it's the way to make that next steps, and then to join the church if you want. It's been so exciting to see how many, how many Aaron have joined just since we reopened and started the next steps. 30-something have joined the church. Wow. Number 10, quarantine. We had so many step up to the plate. And I'm so thankful for our staff and our leaders here that worked overtime and really went out of their way to keep things running during the quarantine with the live stream. We did daily devotionals. We started Zoom groups, and uh, we just kept on going. Didn't, st- didn't stop a beat. Number 11, our Generations Project. Again, despite the pandemic, despite all the setbacks in 2020, the Generations Project has continued to move forward. That's the remodel of the former preschool building that's connected to the chapel. 
And this is going to help so many ministries when it's completed. And I'm so encouraged that so many of you have helped. So many of you have given. You've just felt led to give. We had somebody that just felt led to give the playground equipment and things that we didn't even think we'd be able to do until later. My wife and I felt led when we received our stimulus money, which don't let me sin, God. All right, so this is the previous administration. So this isn't a slam on the current president, okay? Giving money to every American when they may not need it is a governmental overreach. I'm sorry. It is absolutely unnecessary. Now, giving to those who truly were without work and without a paycheck? Yes. If, if we can help, the government maybe should do that. But just to give blank checks to every American, that's ridiculous. So my wife and I are getting this check. We're like, thankfully, because Living Hope's been amazing, we've not gone without a paycheck. Why would we keep this money? <laughs> we gave it all to the Generations Project. So, Lord, if you want to fund it that way, go ahead. We'll, we'll take it. <laughs> Number 12, staff realignment. This year saw a lot of adjustment on our staff team because we believe that we want people functioning where they're really passionate and gifted. We don't want to just fill slots. That goes for every ministry of the church, but even in our staff. So just this year, Jeff moved from worship to executive pastor. Jonathan came on as our part-time worship pastor. Aaron is our full-time facilities and connections director. Kathy coming on full-time in the office in addition to the children's ministry. And Rich and Mary Catherine Saplita as our part-time outreach and evangelism directors. All of that just in 2020. God's been moving. God's been adjusting things. And we've just sought to follow the leading of His Spirit. You know, one of our passions here is not to just do something and ask God to bless it. Not make our plans and ask Him to tag along. We want to know what is He up to? What is He up to? What, is, what do we see Him doing? In John chapter 5, Jesus said, I do nothing of my own initiative. I only do what I see the Father doing. And that's our passion here. We don't want to create Ishmaels in the flesh. We want the Isaacs of the Spirit, even if it means waiting on God and adjusting things. Number 13, fresh wind facility. The Lord provided miraculously for fresh wind to have their own building. It's on Gaines School Road. It's close by. Here's a picture of it. Number 14, you know, God has just been so faithful over and over, year after year, to be our provider. Jonathan was talking about that at the beginning of the worship set. And for all who have financially supported this church, thank you. God is using you, using your gifts. It's an eternal investment in the kingdom. And I'm just blown away. I really am by how much God's provided for us time and time again. And may we just stay on our knees and trust Him to provide for everything needed in the general fund, the remaining needs in the, in the Generations Project, and ultimately to completely provide for the $1.5 million mortgage we have on this property. Our goal is to be debt-free and then increase our tithe to greater than 10%. I love it. We had a, uh, there's a couple that comes here. Their, their son doesn't even come here, but he just has a passion for helping churches get out of debt. And so he ties from his business every year, and he gives that part of that check, or all of it, I don't know, to Living Hope Church, and he says, apply this all to the principal to help reduce the mortgage. I mean, God's just providing in so many ways, and we give him all the praise. All right, so for more on this, you can get a copy of our annual report. Just let us know, email us. Or, uh, Kathy, is this on the, where can they access this? Do you know? All right, so just email Kathy. Her email's at the bottom of the sermon notes today. 
And, uh, but if you want a full report, every ministry kind of tells what God did in the year 2020. It's exciting to read. All right, so where would the Spirit of God say you need to shore this up? Or you need to make some improvements here. Four things that I felt from the Lord as I was praying about this. And here's the picture I got. I picture Living Hope to be like a middle school athlete who's about to enter high school. This guy is extremely gifted and talented. He has the potential to be a five-star. And he's, he's entering high school. And depending on how disciplined he stays, how obedient, how focused he is, the type of team that he's on and connects with and doesn't just take an individual mindset but looks to how he might improve the team and he even maybe, maybe realizes that, you know, I was a, I was a tight end in, in high school or in middle school and I need to go to a running back in, middle, in, in high school. So there might be some adjustments there. But this guy has the potential to be a five-star athlete. That's where I see us as a church. We're like that middle school athlete who's about to enter high school and with the right kind of direction and the right kind of focus and being filled with the Holy Spirit, there could be some amazing things down the road. He's already accomplished a lot, but there is a very bright future ahead of him. Number one, the constant attitude of apart from Jesus, we can do nothing. It's this constant humility, surrender, dependence on God, giving Him our all. Recently, one of our elders, our senior elder in his 80s, Ralph Motzinger, felt that he had a word for our church, and it was this. He felt God was saying, I want to help, but many act as if they don't need me. I want to help. I want to do miracles. I want to give breakthrough. I want to give freedom. But you act as if you don't need me. Now, if that word's for you, take it to heart. God is saying to you, I am waiting your surrender. If you will but surrender, I have amazing breakthroughs, amazing freedom, amazing new things for you to experience in me. One of the guys in our new nobleman group shared on Wednesday morning that he couldn't sleep one night and he went on a long walk at 2 a.m. This is just two weeks ago. And he just cried out to God and he just surrendered to the Lord in a fresh, new, real way. And he said it was like immediately God delivered him from a fear of man. He's lived for years under this fear of man and fear of rejection and what will others think. And it's already led him to take a stand at work for something that deals with justice that he would have never done prior to this because he had a fear of being rejected and what would people think and maybe this would cost me my job. But God has freed him from that. And there is just a new breakthrough, but it came because he surrendered. And if you're not fully surrendered today, take this word to heart. Get alone with God today. Do it before you leave. Go on a walk today. Get alone with God in the next 24 hours. And make sure you are fully surrendered. Beloved, it's when we surrender and release things to God that it unleashes the Spirit of God. He wants to work. He awaits your surrender that He might come in power and do supernatural things in your life. Number two, serve the Lord with gladness. In 1 Peter 4.10 it says, As each one has received a gift, employ it in serving one another. 
Every one of you have gifts and abilities that can be used for God. And one of the areas that I think is probably a weakness here at Living Hope is we have too few people doing too much work. It's like that football analogy. You got the players on the field who are getting tired because there's nobody to replace them, fill in. There's people sitting on the bench complaining or in the grandstands not doing diddly squat. And we've said before here, if if you're injured, if you're burned out, if you're hurt, yes, there's a period in which it's okay to sit back and recover. But for the most part, God wants you on the field, whether here or in another area or both. And it might mean that it's a different position. (laughs) When Charlie Warner played high school football, he was a leading running back in Rabin County. Set a lot of records. But when UGA recruited him, what position did he play here? Tight end. What's he playing in the NFL? Tight end. So there was a position change. He found a better niche. In the same way, we each need to find our most effective place of service in the kingdom. And I can tell you right now, we have a number of ministries that need help. And this isn't a guilt you into doing something because... We want people in their passion and in their gifts, even if it means going from this ministry to that ministry. But right now, just an example, we have needs in our worship ministry, here, back there. We have needs in our children's ministry, our youth ministry, first impressions, leadership with connect groups, men to help with our facilities, security team, prayer team, outreach team. Find your place of service so that we don't burn out people and we see everybody doing Psalm 100 serve the Lord with gladness. One of the greatest benefit, one of the greatest joys I have as a pastor is when I see people really finding their niche of service and they're doing it with their whole heart and God is glorified and people are being reached. So go to our app under register serve at living hope or talk to one of the staff and there's a whole list of places that you can uh, uh, volunteer to serve. And here's the deal. You grow, you advance, you mature when you do this. So this isn't like just a week and fill slots. That's not our heart at all. We want to see you being mature, growing, not just taking in but giving out. And when you receive and give, that's when you grow the most. The difference between the Dead Sea and the Holy Land and the Sea of Galilee. Both have inflow, but only one has outflow. Therefore, only one of those bodies of water is alive. Number three. The fields are white for harvest. Jesus said, the fields are white, but the laborers are few. A lot of people I'm hearing are talking about sensing in their spirit, seeing evidences of another outpouring of God's Spirit in this country. Even some are forecasting a third great awakening. A great harvest of souls. We're seeing it in the response at the great exchange. I think in the last two weeks, about 20 people prayed to receive Christ at the Great Exchange. I'm seeing it in just people's openness and receptivity to the gospel. I think this whole pandemic and the whole COVID virus is showing people how much they need help and they need God and Jesus is the answer. And I'm also seeing this, I'm seeing a more of a separation. That no, no more straddling the fence. You're either hot or you're cold. And God wants you hot for Him. No more lukewarm. And so there's becoming more and more of a separation. Churches that don't honor the Word of God are falling apart. They're about to die. And maybe they should. But churches that are preaching the Word, filled with the Holy Spirit, helping the hurting, 
committed to discipleship, man, God is moving. God is bringing increase. People's lives are being changed. People are being set free. Get in on the harvest. It's coming. It's coming. Number four, many parts but one body. Back to our football player. He's one player on a team, and he needs to see himself connected to that team and integrated into that team. When the University of Georgia won the national championship in football in 1980, Coach Vince Dooley had a, had a slogan that year. Does anybody know what it was? Mason, you probably do, because P always talked about it. Big team, little me. Isn't that good? Big team, little me. It's not about you. It's not just about your position. It's not just about your glory. You're part of a team. In the same way, each of us are individual members of the body of Christ, but we're a part of the body. One body. One church. For the glory of the head of the church, Jesus Christ. That's what we need to focus on. My uh, nephew recently developed, he's been working over a year, developing an app that's going to go into almost every prison in America, maybe even the world. It's a a biblical, Christ-centered app that goes into prisons, and prisoners are letting them access it. It's got the Bible, it's got messages. He may put some of ours on there, I don't know. But the name of the the app is awesome. It's Pando, P-A-N-D-O. Know where that comes from? It comes from the aspen trees in Colorado. You see this big cluster of aspen trees, but they're united by one root system. That's the cool thing about the aspen trees. They come all, these separate trees, but they're united by one under-the-ground root system. What a picture of the body of Christ. We are individual members, but we're connected with the same root system, and that is being rooted in Jesus Christ. So what are our 2021 goals based upon all this? After prayer and discussion, this is the goals that our elders have felt led for this year. It's on the banner there. It'll be on the screen. Win people to Christ, build people in Christ, and send people for Christ. Win people to Christ deals with evangelism, deals with the harvest, deals with being used by God to help reach lost people. Jesus said, I've come to seek and to save that which was lost. Seeing the hurting world around us, being willing to be the hands and feet of Jesus to help win people to Christ. The Holy Spirit's the one who ultimately produces that fruit. The Holy Spirit is the one who ultimately saves people, and He uses us in the process. Then once somebody comes to Christ, then what? You build them in Christ. You disciple them. We want to be a disciple-making church. Disciples that make disciples that make disciples. Somebody in the first service had a brilliant question. They said, well, if you believe the harvest is coming, what has Living Hope done to prepare for that? Oh, my goodness. I said, I'm so glad you asked. Two years ago, we felt the Lord laid on our heart, prepare the nursery for new babies that are coming. And I went into hyper mode, developing and writing with others our transformational discipleship curriculum. Module 1 is for a brand new believer. Module 2 is for a spiritual teenager. Module 3 is for a spiritual adult. Module 4 is on the kingdom of God's signs and wonders. It's reproducible. You access it on our website through a password. There's a video. There's a lesson. There's homework. You could do it with one person or you could do it with a group. But it is ready. It is usable. We've been using it. So if somebody got saved this week and they needed somebody to disciple, I could say, hey, Steve Pierce, Need you to disciple this guy? Start with module one. Boom, it's all there, ready, laid out, and ready to go. So God, we're awaiting. We're ready. 
You could bring a lot of new believers here and we are prepared to nurture them, love them, and disciple them. Now, one more part about this build people in Christ. We recognize that there are some whose house is very broken. So if you think about that image of building a house, building somebody in their maturity, there are many who are broken. They've got issues in their past. They've got addictions. They've got all kinds of hurts, habits, and hang-ups. And so we always want to be sensitive to help bringing love and healing and care to those who are struggling and they're just not, their house is in a lot of disorder. And again, it goes back to helping the hurting and the many ministries that I mentioned that we've got here for those who are hurting and need to be healed emotionally, spiritually, financially, relationally, and on and on. And our connect groups, I mean, this is a huge part of that build people in crisis, being in a connect group, connecting with others, connecting with God, because God did not make you to make it alone. You and I need the body of Christ. Make sure you're connected, because when you're disconnected to the body, you're more vulnerable to the enemy, because he seeks to divide and conquer. Just like that lion, when he goes after a, 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 the, the, the sheep, They'll try to separate. Once that animal has separated the one, then they're more prone to be taken out. And finally, send people for Christ. That doesn't, just, that doesn't just have to do with going to the mission field, although it includes that. Look at all those icons on our map over there. These are people we support, many of which have come from this church. It's sending people to Athens. It's sending people to Atlanta. It's sending people to maybe plant a church. We want to help plant churches. How cool if a group of 30, 40, 50, 60 were ready to, to be sent forth and have a living hope west or a living hope north or whatever. We want to be a church planting church. We want to send people from the children's ministry to the worship ministry if that's a better fit. So this idea of sending means we hold everybody with an open hand. God, we want them to go and be and do what you call them to do. We don't hold them unto ourselves. Well, in the spirit of these letters to the seven churches in Revelation, to him who has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit of the Lord says. I don't pretend that this is anything like Scripture, but this is my impression of what the Holy Spirit might say to living hope right now. So listen closely. I love you. I'm proud of you. You have made much progress in your almost eight years. I know that you want to honor my word and allow my spirit to be active. This pleases me. There is a deeply hurting world around you. Be bold and compassionate in your outreach to them as they need what you have in the gospel of Jesus. Do not be afraid to step out and use your gifts and abilities to serve others as you do not have to be perfect in order to be used by me. It is my presence in you and the gospel of Jesus that will do the work to change others. Stay united in me as my people. Do not get sidetracked with peripheral issues that can so easily divide you. If you will fully surrender to me and trust me, I can set you free and help you with any struggle you have. I am still a God of the miraculous. You need to be prepared for difficult times that are coming. 
they will test your faith. But if you hold tightly to me, you will not only survive those tests, but thrive in the midst of them. And never forget, the most important thing of all is your personal relationship with me. Keep that your number one priority. Let's spend time together every day. I have some wonderful things to show you. You are first and foremost my bride. Well, let's take some questions. If you have questions about the church, what I've talked about today, clarification, or even something that you may just want to give an amen to, that's fine as well. You can text those questions as well. There was something mentioned in the first service. Somebody asked this question, and I just thought maybe it would be helpful to be mentioned in this one again. But somebody um, asked for clarification, like specifically with help with ministries, like what the numbers look like, like how many people are needed in youth ministries, how many people for yeah. the worship team, like that kind of stuff. So worship team, we could use probably about five to ten more people in the tech area. We... Uh, we're a little, not weak in the people that are doing it are weak, because they're awesome, but we're overworking them. Uh, but we could use uh, keyboardist, drums, singers. Just keep coming, Jonathan says. So plenty of needs there. Uh, children's ministry could probably take about 10 more volunteers, Kathy, at least. Okay, seven. Love it, she's precise. Youth ministry specifically, I think it's women's small group leaders is one of the big needs there. Yeah, mentoring is huge in the youth ministry. And those of you in the college age and you're in your 20s, perfect age for youth ministry because you're viewed as close enough to their age but old enough to where they respect you but not so old that they see you as their parent. That was good. Um, first impressions, boy, 10 to 15 people more. For that, that's everything from the time somebody leaves their car to, to getting into the room, is first impressions. Um, what am I missing? Prayer ministry, uh, Rachel needs more people to assist. You don't have to be the lead prayer, but you grow, especially those of you who are gifted in hearing God and the prophetic, that really comes in handy in that area. Um, what am I missing? Security team. Uh, not required to have your license to carry, but it helps if you do. But security team can use more people. Men to help on our facilities. Dewey, probably about 10 there. Okay. Four to five that can come on the, you know, when you're called upon to just help with some of the physical needs on the property, especially if you're gifted mechanically. Big, big asset in that regard. Um, people to help count money on Sundays, but we will do a background check on you before that. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. So you don't leave with it. No, two people or more always count. So there's accountability. <laughs> By the way, there are some, some requirements for certain ministries. No, nobody is, is allowed in children's ministry that doesn't do a background check. And you can imagine why. Very important that that be a, a very area that's 
secure and safe and we have accountability. Um, praise God, nothing's ever happened in the eight years that we've been a church in regards to any kind of financial impropriety or any kind of misuse of children. been so blessed, and we want to make sure it stays that way. Protection, that's part of a shepherd's job. Love protects. Love protects. So it's, it's a loving thing to want to protect children and how things are handled with integrity and all of that. To be above reproach. We're about to do a full audit of our finances, so that's important as well. You can review the books anytime. Anybody that wants can, can review the books if they want to see how we spend and what we do with the money. Very important that we be above reproach there. Other questions? Yes. If it's, excuse me, if it's true that God gives us our interests and talents, would he ever deny us the fulfillment of those interests and talents? I have a desire to obtain an education to pursue my interests, but I have so many obstacles, and sometimes pursuit of that education has led me to st stray from God because college isn't always faith-friendly. Should I deny my interest, and should I deny my desire to sharpen and use my talents so that my faith is unhindered. Do not deny it. Keep pressing forward. Believe God to overcome those obstacles. But it might, the, the avenue through which you get those might be different than you thought in it up to this point. It may not have to be by a college education. It might be through online stuff that's not related to a degree per se. So there's a lot of, but I would say, you know, the Bible says, delight yourself in the Lord. He'll give you the desires of your heart. So make sure you're delighting yourself in the Lord. Make sure you're staying focused on Jesus, seeking first his kingdom and his righteousness. And if that's in your heart, then go for it. Don't let these obstacles hold you back. Get counsel from others, again, because there might be some ways to accomplish it different than you've been thinking up to this point. What if I don't have a hunger to read my Bible and it's like I put it off at all costs, even, though, even when I know it makes me, my life better? So my daughter... Um, had a great thing on this. My eldest, Catherine, she, she said two things that helped her in this regard. She asked God for the desire, but she started eating while she was praying that. In other words, sometimes you have to eat to help prime the pump of the spiritual appetite. So you don't wait till you have the hunger to get in the Word. Get in the Word out of obedience to God, and while you do that, Pray that the Holy Spirit increases your appetite, gives you revelation, opens the eyes of your heart, shows you the hidden manna so that it will spur more of that hunger. But eat even though you may not be hungry and you'll get more hungry. Beloved, there's no more important discipline in the whole Christian life than spending time with God every day. Nothing. There is not one area that's more important in your walk and your relationship with Jesus than spending time with Him daily in the Word and prayer. I cannot emphasize that enough. It will make such a difference in your life. Get in the rhythm. Get in the habit. Do it when you don't feel like. Do it in obedience. But pray like crazy that the Holy Spirit will anoint it. And it will have a huge impact on your life. I've written a little pamphlet called Time Alone with God in the back if you want more information on that. All right. Worship team, come up. While they're coming up, I'm going to encourage you guys to get into groups of three to four. If you're not comfortable doing this, it's okay. If you do it and have a mask, please wear it. And just uh, stand, huddle up in groups of three to four. I'd actually like to, before you do that, our prayer team. If our prayer team could go and take your spots 
So if you would like prayer with somebody on the prayer team, go to them. Otherwise, groups of three to four just to pray for our church, pray for these goals, pray for God to to move in in an increasing way here. If you have a need you want to share with your group, mention it real quick, and a couple of you pray for that person. So I'll give you about five minutes, and then we'll sing a final song. So huddle up, groups of three to four, and let's turn this place into a house of prayer.